so we come. And I hope just quickly this evening to remind us of that Monday, Thursday, remind us of what Jesus said over and over again. The words of those final hours with the disciples weren't necessarily anything earth shattered in the sense of they've heard these things again and again and again. But as they went, he said these words, I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded. And he said, let's asleep now. Come. Go. And we read as he goes out, what would become the 15th chapter of the Gospel of John. John is reflecting on what is going on as we give our attention these days to the final words and acts of Jesus. We read this as he goes out. He says in John 15, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Powerful words. Words that were no pun intended but pregnant with meaning that night. See, the idea of vine isn't just something that Jesus picked up because maybe he'd been walking through a vineyard to get to that. He might have, as some believe, been sitting close to the temple courts as would have been the custom at Passover. And if you were at the temple courts, you would see that the imagery of a vine is oh so important to the nation of Israel. It adorned the temple. In fact, one could continue to bring things to add to the vineyard of the temple. Gold weeds, maybe, golden grapes, where at times they remark how, how large is the vineyard. The vine of God. For Israel to be known as the vine of God was a sense of pride. We are God's vineyard. We are the ones God has chosen. It also remarked to them of the promise of land. You can't have a vineyard without land. And how they were waiting for the Messiah to come back to give them their land back so they could have a vineyard of their own. Yet, we notice in these words, Jesus didn't say, We are the vineyard, did he? He said, I, I am the seventh and final emphatic statement, harking all the way back to Exodus 3. I am who I am. As Moses said, who are you? He says, I am the vine. He would go under to say, you are the branches. You see, you can't have a branch without the main vine. But see, that already is going against what these good Jewish boys would have known about this imagery of vineyard. They would have thought they were also a vine. And God, Jesus is saying, no, no, no. You, 
God, I'm missing you. Thank you. In fact, the times the vineyard is mentioned in the Old Testament typically doesn't bode well for the people of God. The prophet Isaiah talks about this and says, I wish, where God says, Oh, my vineyard, I wish you would produce good grapes. As if we are reminded through all of this that when we start to try to put God in our own ways, when we try to impress him with our standards, our way of being, as much as we'd like to think we produce something good, it's nothing but rotten fruit, rotten grapes, spoiled one. Could it be intentional that in his last words of teaching, he also brings them back to the very first miracle and sign of the Gospel of John and the water and As a bookending for his disciples, his life mission. He says, I am the vine. You want to be a part of the true person of God, the authentic one, then you must remain in me. If you remain in me, then I will remain in you. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. He's reminding them to stay connected to him. As he's telling them of what is to come, he's reminding them that they can stay connected in a way because, because he is going to still be around in a new way through the Holy Spirit. As they're going to remind, be reminded of who he is. This word, stay connected, I do stay connected. Some versions of scripture say remain. Some say abide. All of it's trying to get, we just can't stop. It's not just about a one-time thing. It's about a continually effort. And he will go on to say, in verses 9, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you now. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. We are to reside in the love of God who has us. We all have homes here. But if we admit, we don't just go in our home and do nothing. That's not the purpose of a residence. Instead, it is to be lived in to be lived from, to invite others in. And in sense, we see through, I think, a little bit of what Christ is saying. To reside in love is to truly live in it, make it so much about that that's where you come from, that's where you are heading, and that is how you live. Obey my commands over and over and over. My command is this, verse 12. Love each other as I have loved you. Amazing, is it not? Of all the things he could have said, he reminded them of residing in his love and the fact that he loved them. He would go on to say, you did not choose me, but I have chosen you. But he goes and he, and he adds something, and I have appointed you 
so that you may go out and bear fruit. See, it's not a matter of if we will bear fruit, but we will bear fruit. Jesus never thought of maybe, if you're lucky, underneath what he's saying is, if you are remaining in me, there will be something to show. We will love one another. We will, we will have experiences together that remind us of how much the Lord has loved us. And others will, too. See, just like there are extra cups and bread at our table this evening, we must be reminded that the purpose of remaining in Jesus' love isn't just for us. He said, I appointed you to go out. Elsewhere, he said, as I have been sent, so I send you. Do we love our world enough that we're willing to go? He's going to tell them it's not going to be easy. He's going to tell them it's going to be hard. But he tells us to love. This is my command. Love each other. Let's see if we can get an idea that has something to do with us. The nation of Israel thought the Messiah had something to do with them. They missed that they were chosen before. They had, didn't go to God and say, hey, we're the perfect nation. God says, I choose Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah. They didn't choose him. And we do it for the glory of God. He says it here. We can easily miss it. But he talks about how this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Interesting for that. But we also, he makes it clear in no other way that the Father, God the Father, is the garden. And he talks about pruning. None of us like to be pruned. It's discipline. You know, we'd like to say, can you take off a little bit here or there? Or we'd like to say, can you take a little bit off of Jevin over there? He really needs a little pruning. Okay, he needs a lot of pruning. Or someone else. I'm not a gardener much for a reason. I like the one rose bush we have that thrives on being left alone, you know, because I can handle that. You know, when we lived in Hamilton, we had a rose bush. But I'm fun. I grew that. When and how. Can I tell you, I couldn't do it from inside the house. I couldn't do it from a distance. And here we see more so, and I hope you'll get it, the father is the gardener, but the gardener can't do the pruning and the chopping from a distance. He kneels down and he gets to know the plant, the the vine so well that he knows exactly where to prove for its good. The Lord God 
loves you so much that he is willing to stoop down to pull you just the right spot. See, all through scripture we see this to be true. God didn't just leave this world and say, hands off. I'll let you go. He stoops down again and again and again and here are the final words Jesus will say to his loved ones, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so there will be even more fruitful. This Easter, this holy week, may you see the Lord is stooping next to you to pull you out of his love. And he doesn't do it from a distance. He gets close and closer. And that can be scary. But let us not forget the words he says. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to. We have been given forgiveness. We are clean. But God doesn't just save us and leave us. He saves us, He prunes us, He prunes us, He prunes us, so that others can see of His love, of His care. He loves us too much to leave us the same. So, in the words of Jesus, let me say it again. May you love. The word, indeed, may you reside in the love the Father has for you through Jesus Christ. May that be what you long to get back to as you long to get home this evening and other times. And may you also leave out of love as you leave your house each day, so that others can come to be welcomed home into the kingdom. God, by going to their place and said, Oh, so that you may be with me. That is his heart, and that is ours. And so, may we focus on Good Friday. May we see now the story of Good Friday as we bring our time to a place.